I know the episodes have the little blurb under the streaming option when you were about to select it. But, Clay, did you have any any thoughts that this might be the first appearance of the Borg in Star Trek Voyager with a title like Resistance? I did. I thought it was either going to be the Borg or it was going to be about um, Keith Olbermann's tweeting habits for the last four years. <laughs> hashtag. There's no hashtag on this one. No emoji <laughs> after it. No gun No gun emoji or anything. Nah, it's not the first Resistance. Uh, or it's not the first Borg episode, unfortunately, of Voyager, or fortunately, or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. But it's in the title. It's the piece de resistance. This one is Resistance. It's the 12th episode of the second season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on November 27th, 1995. Teleplay goes to Lisa Klink. Story credit goes to Michael John Friedman and Kevin J. Ryan. Directed by Weinrich Colby in Universe State. Not really known, but it's 2372. In this one called Resistance, in order to free her imprisoned crew members, Captain Janeway accepts the help of a delusional resistance fighter. Um, so here we go with resistance. Clay, this is the best character work episode of the show so far. True or untrue? Uh, yeah, I would say, well, and it's for a guest actor. It's not for me. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No, he was fantastic. (laughs) He was, he was great. Uh, great character. Um, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if the rest of the episode was necessarily worth it. Mm hmm. Um, but I mean, Joel Gray is, is always fantastic. It's, it's tough to go wrong with him. I don't recognize him. Should I recognize him? He is most famously known as the guy who played, uh, uh, he was in, um, Cabaret. Okay. Uh, the film version of Cabaret. He's the one, he's the one, the MC of the show that does Welcome and Benvenue. Welcome mm-hmm. that song. Uh, I think he won an Oscar for that actually. Oh. Um, and so he's just like he's a he's an actor who's just been out there for years and years and always always does really great work. He was on Buffy briefly uh, as a as a I think popped up a couple times as a, in a recurring role. But okay. uh, uh, yeah, I can't really point to anything else I know him from other than Cabaret. Okay, that's like the big thing. But uh, he's he's a very good actor. Yeah, he's uh, he's excellent. And I think to um, to start this one off, I think this is. Like this was a, a ray of sunshine in Voyager season two. I think this episode. Um, I think this is comfortably in my top couple of Voyager episodes so far. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that this one. I don't like. I. I don't know. This one to me felt really different from all the previous Voyager episodes. It, it felt like the script came at it from a different angle, which was that. It kind of it puts you in this small story within a larger story, but it doesn't feel the need to flesh out the larger story at all, which I sure. thought was refreshing. Like we don't learn about the Mokra ethos. Like we don't spend mm-hmm. time talking to them. We don't get the whole let's go down to the planet in the cold open thing where they waste fifteen minutes getting us down there before we meet the guys. Like before Janeway gets knocked out and Tuvok and Torres get captured and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, it puts you right into it. Introduces a great character and an actor, gives Janeway something to do. I think it has these sort of weird tangential problems. Like it almost has script elements that were originally in it and they cut it out, but they didn't cut it out enough to not totally be there. So it feels weird that they're still in the script in some ways. Mm -hmm. But I thought that, I, I just thought that the essential, like emotional core of this one was really different from any Voyager episode before it, in that I, 
I felt something for the characters. Um, I thought that there was like a genuine sadness and pathos to everything. I thought that the fact that they didn't go super deep in how much of an authoritarian nightmare this is and what the rules of this are, that you were allowed just to really float with this very basic idea of what this guy did and his regrets and the things that he's trying to make up for over the course of the rest of his life was like very easy to understand and not confusing and it wasn't compromised by other things that were going on. Sure. Um, I thought it was all really good. I think that the ending is incredibly sloppy, <laughs> but outside of that, uh, I think that this basically this central character, this guest actor, was probably one of my favorite things about the show so far. I thought that he was really good, um, if somewhat derivative of maybe other Star Trek that's come before it, but I thought the actor put enough of a unique spin on it and the script was unique enough that I really liked it. Yeah, I um, I wasn't super crazy about it. Uh it felt a lot like a proto enterprise episode to me. It does. It has, um, yeah, it has being a lot captured of captured by a generic yeah. uh, authoritarian nightmare planet. Yeah, I, I agree that he's really great. Um, Enterprise I, never I, had an episode that connected like this, though, did it? Like, was there an Enterprise episode where you actually felt bad for the people on that planet who were under this regime? Uh, I don't remember any uh, anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. I think that answers um, itself. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just didn't uh, like. I thought I thought his story was fine, but it um, I don't know. It, it didn't really hit me that hard, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because like I didn't really. Uh, I didn't feel like it was it was affecting Janeway that much until until the end, um, and so he was really good. But I I wasn't really uh, interested too much in in what was going on, honestly. Yeah, because uh, I didn't I didn't feel like Janeway was <clears throat> being affected or or, or changing uh, uh, really anything that she was doing, and and you know i i don't need the i mean she has to lie to, she has to lie to this guy right to get his help like she has to sort of use him which is her sure. decision yeah that's true um and like i guess the fle- i didn't need them to flesh out more of the the uh mokra yeah the mokra but at the same time it was like I don't know. It wasn't. They weren't particularly interesting because the mokra was underbaked. Could yeah, have, mokra <laughs> could have done more, had more time in the oven. Yeah, like there wasn't anything really interesting going on there aside from there an authoritarian government that was putting people in jail, and this guy's yep. wife and daughter had been killed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually, my favorite part of the episode was actually the scene with Torres and Tuvok after uh, Tuvok gets. Uh, uh, tortured. Yeah, that's my um, that's that segment that I'm, I'm like. Torres and Tuvok don't really need to be in this one, but their scenes are interesting. They could support it the whole episode based on what those two are talking about in this episode, even though it doesn't amount to much here. Yeah, and I think there's a, I think there is a, a thematic uh, tie-in you probably could have done with what Tuvok says and and the discussion they have about uh, um, pain. Yeah, forms of uh, resistance and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, tying that into how this guy has been living his life and stuff and, and yep. X, Y, and Z. Um, but it never really quite gets there for me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I thought I thought the – yeah, the ending's kind of sloppy. 
a bunch of people meeting in the cave hallway uh trying to get out of there i like when after, after the guy gets stabbed the two guards just back out of the room yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't yeah. understand that it's it's a very empty prison too for being the worst prison in the universe it's like you can walk around in it and not run, in, run into anybody yeah yeah it's 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 just under um that enterprise prison where they just have like eight guards working yeah. in a prison that's about 200 200 square yeah. square yards <laughs> big it's gonna run to the outside of it but uh yeah i, I don't know it just wasn't it wasn't really clicking with me um outside of joel gray's performance and also that alien makeup really creeped me out the I little was, nose thing yeah nose i found bit. it really disturbing i'm not really sure why because it kind of looked like you know exposed bone or something and it, i don't know it was i find those very off-putting I find those piercings that people get there in real life to be repulsive, and that's what it reminds me of. Uh, like I the, just saw one today. The, okay. the girl who made my coffee had a, uh, I had bet a piercing yeah. through there. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, that's not my. That's a that's a very unappealing piercing uh, to me. Sorry for all you people out there who have that piercing, but whatever it's called, I don't even know what it's called. You're never getting a date from Wes. That's right. You can make my coffee, and that's about it. It's just like, I don't know. It just seems like it's the wrong, it just seems like it's an area that's going to get irritated quite frequently. But what do I know? Um, I feel like it would always be like in my peripheral vision slightly. Yeah, it'd be like something stuck on the end of your nose. You'd feel like you'd see it sort of blurry just existing there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But I don't have any piercings. So what do I know? (coughs) That you know of. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I liked this one. I thought this was a really good Voyager episode. Uh, I thought that it was, I thought that this guy's story was really um, interesting. And the the way that Tuvok talks about his pain and the way that this guy experiences pain, I think you're right, is that it's a good thematic connection. Uh, Tuvok has the kind of stoic a- outlook on it. Like he, he's being interrogated by Bolana about it, which is sort of the weird tangentialness of it because she's the fiery one and he's not that way. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think that subplot just doesn't have anything to do outside of that. Like, it doesn't really hit on anything, and I wish that it was more connected yeah. because I think the Tuvok's yeah. whole outlook there is really interested in, interesting, and it's a um, – he's kind of similar to, like, a – you know, the way that, like, protests suffer uh, – like, protesting in, like – the civil rights movement used to be, which is more of like a bear, what they can give you and you'll defeat them through your resistance to that stuff, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is more honorable than whatever passes for activism these days. But like, it's a, it's an interesting idea. And Tuvok's the person who is poised to make that argument for people. But I think that the, the episode itself does a, a, the right, it makes the right decision by focusing on this guest star who. I think they just have really effective scenes. I, I snuck a look at some of the patron comments and they're going to kind of rag on it a little bit. But I liked the scene where he plays the idiot to let that guy get away. Uh, yeah. The, the guy who's mm-hmm. about to get arrested for whatever reason because the the, the police are there for him. And, mm-hmm. he, and he's just he's lived this life of resistance in the way that Tuvok has said, but he's never been able to. He can't turn off the pain the way that Tuvok is able to, and he's not able to escape his delusions about what happened to his wife. I thought his story about his wife, like he 
he didn't get there in time for and stuff. I found that like heartbreaking. I yeah, found his daughter's yeah. story, like his daughter tried to break in and rescue his her mother and she got killed by these guys and he just doesn't, he can't accept any of this or if he did it, accept it at some point, his mind is now broken and he can't do it. Mm. And I, I find like, I, I guess just to push back, Janeway, Janeway's entire thing here is a debasement of him by lying to him about what reality is really. But it's, it's interesting because as someone who's had a grandparent who went through um, like dementia, you enter this point of like, is Janeway even able to convince this guy of anything sure, at this point? Sure. So I, I like that stuff. I thought this was, episode was subtle in a way that a lot of Voyager has not been to this point. Yeah, I, I liked I liked all the stuff with, with uh, when he tells the story about what happened to his wife where he essentially was brand, branded as a coward because he didn't get there in time or he yep. chose not to go. I can't remember exactly what it is, but um yeah, I mean that's that's going to having that moment be the thing that kind of breaks him makes a lot of sense. Um and the stuff with all the letters was was really uh, affecting too. It's just not overdone. Um, that's what I like about this right, stuff. Right. It's like it's it's a believable simple story that's effective in how few words need to convey what happened to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do, I do give it a lot of credit for that because I do think that his story is is pretty interesting. Um, I the one the one thing that was a little bit weird about the scene where he plays the idiot is that later on when when they have their confrontation in the cave, the leader knows who this guy is. Yes. So, ergo, in that scene where he's playing the idiot, this guy knows who this guy is and knows that he's not. A psychopath. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the wrong word to use, but you know what I mean. Well, he knows that. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he maybe, knows that he's. He has more faculties than what he's showing in this scene. But that's. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe sure. not. Maybe his outward. Maybe his outward uh, projection is uh, basically what I'm saying is I'm surprised if this guy knows who Joel Gray is that he didn't assume that he was doing this specifically to buy somebody time. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could, you could look at it both like maybe he thinks that he's crazy enough that that is the case now because he he Mm -hmm. does treat him as harmless once he actually breaks into the prison at the end. That's what gets him. That's true. He does. Yes. So I, I think my major, I think my problem uh, really with the episode stems mostly from the ending, which feels kind of like a, an even more half-assed departed ending in a lot of ways, where it's just like a bunch of people die, <laughs> but then people can, the guards walk out for no reason. Like everyone's just allowed to leave at that point after right. the, the yeah. guy has been killed. Yeah, And I thought that was pretty sloppy, although I I still think it's, it's mostly uh fixed by just Janeway continuing her lie at that point by telling this guy that she forgives him for everything mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. he dies and the ending where Janeway holds the little necklace is very inner lighty reminiscent of yeah, that yeah i was thinking that too yeah and it maybe isn't deserving of quite that or they should have staged it a little bit more differently maybe not have her actually like holding a totem or something like that but um, it can't quite match the power of inner light, but I think that it, and maybe to your point, Janeway could have had a little bit more there, maybe something to talk about that might've highlighted what she's going through. But I, I thought it still worked really just good. Don't have Janeway say too much. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would like it more on rewatch. I, I think I was a little bit, um, <clears throat> distracted by how enterprisey it was yes and it, look, it looks uh, like a boring episode if you were just does, to watch it yeah. thumbnails of it yeah 
Yeah. So like, I, I don't know if maybe I didn't give it the full benefit of the doubt because I was so predisposed given the setup yeah. for me to be like, all right, okay, this is they're trapped. And then she's going to, she meets somebody and the show, okay, they got to get them back. But yeah. sure. Whatever. She's going to use the Don Quixote <clears throat> character to, to, to break in and things like that. Yeah. I, I just think that it never, I don't think enterprise ever had a centrally interesting story like this. It was mostly, no, I would agree. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, he's, he's a really, really good character. Um, yeah. I just, I guess I just wish there was a little bit more, Do you need more about the Mokra? Do you want more about him? No. Yeah. I, I think I need more from Janeway. Okay. Because, um, yeah, you know, she does lie to him and stuff, but, like, I, I'm not – I don't know. I just wasn't uh, – I never really felt like she was sacrificing anything or, or really uh, pulling the wool over his eyes in a way that made me feel like she was doing something awful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't you know? think the episode stresses that either. I don't think it yeah. plays her as a sort of villain. Uh, right. And, I, you know, I that's – clearly not not what it's about but i don't know i just i was i was just looking for something more from from their from their team up i think it's tough because i think if if janeway takes a more aggressive stance towards him as a sort of like user of this character it becomes more of a it it has to become a kind of commentary on like that exploitation which i think it's trying to avoid like it's mostly just talking about suffering under like an unjust government really like it's Mm -hmm. like being wronged by people who are in power and being greatly wronged by them and being like personally upset with yourself that you didn't do enough to stand up when you could have done something sure sure so i think that anything janeway adds to it is somewhat of a distraction there unfortunately but that does mean that she has to just kind of tag along with this character for a long time and i just a, a a real tangent the reason I like this performance so much is that I feel like this is the kind of character. I think if what's this guy's name, Joel Gray? Yeah. I think if this was your run of the mill guest star in Star Trek, this episode would be a two for me. Like sure. so much yeah. is riding on this guy in this performance. And what I think that uh, Joel Gray does well is that he takes what could have easily been an incredibly obnoxious performance and never makes it obnoxious to me. Yeah. I never yeah, hated definitely. this guy, which was mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He just he he has um, he plays it as yeah. He he knows he knows where the line is where he can be loopy without it coming off as try hard. You know. Yes. Like yeah. he feel he feels pretty honest the way that he's acting this. Yeah. Um, he, he switches back and forth between the two emotions quickly enough too that it never grates on you that he's the goofball character a lot of the time right yeah and even the scene where he plays plays an idiot like he doesn't really really ham it up he 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 kind of not a court jester type appearance yeah he gets gets goofy but he doesn't really just you know go nuts with it yes um just enough to be distracting to the to everybody and stuff and uh um i actually did really like so one of the places where i was expecting a different or i should say the reaction that i got from janeway was not exactly what i was expecting or maybe i was expecting to land a little bit more was at the end of that sequence when you know he's saying he's looking for his hat and then the guy 
takes a, a an empty melon and puts the, mel- the, the melon, <laughs> yeah, the melon on, his head. on his head, yeah. And everybody starts laughing and stuff. And I, and they kind of cut back to Janeway, who's who's reacting to this. And I was, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out if her reaction worked. Like, is 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 she seeing? Uh, is she seeing? Is she feeling bad for him because of how much of a joke people think he is? She takes the melon off his head, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be my answer, I guess, because that, that that's a. I think that's just a a credit to the subtlety of it is that yeah. she doesn't say anything, but she's the one that takes the melon off of his head. Yeah, yeah. I I I guess I just wish you know. I was just thinking whether or not I would like this a little bit more if it was maybe Chakotay or um, even Torres who was in this position instead of Janeway, someone who was uh, a, a Maquis, yeah, um, who has a little bit of uh, pathos for this guy. Um, Torres makes sense, I think, because of her Tuvok story, which is that she's yeah, incredulous she's, that this is this quiet resistance is actually something someone would consider. Right. Yeah. And so, like having her have a point of view that differs from from this guy's point of view, I think would make the the story a little bit more effective. I think that's just what I mean. I think that's what the problem is for me is that Janeway. There's there's no real. I don't get a sense of what point of view Janeway has that this guy is a counterpoint to that um, she learns something from him through this experience with him. You know what I mean? Yep. That's fair. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I would agree that I don't think there's a lesson for Janeway to be learned. I think it's just sure. a, uh, you meet someone that kind of leaves a lasting mark on you, I guess is the way yeah, that it is. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe that's why, that's why inner light is better is because Picard through that learns everything that he has kind of given up over the course of his career. He, he lives that life and has it. And so when it's taken right, away right. from him, he knows what he's been missing out on. Uh, Janeway's not the same. Janeway's more that I met this kind of sweet guy who was a little bit uh, delusional, but I'll remember him from here on out because of what he like his story and things like that. So uh, maybe not pitch perfect, but I thought it was effective enough there. Mm. Um, and the other thing that's I, I another credit to the script I thought is that I thought all the stuff that was happening on the ship kind of worked well to boost sure, the action yeah. on the planet, which isn't always the case. I was surprised. I was legitimately surprised when Neelix came back. It's they start on the ship and they're like, "Well, if we don't get this thing, we're dead in the water." And Neelix shows up and he's like, "Hey, I got it." And they go, "All right, put it in." All right, it works. <laughs> I was expecting that to be a much longer drawn out thing where they weren't, yeah. you know, uh, but yeah, they put it right in and then it's just a matter of how do we get the crew back? Um, yeah, I thought that stuff worked pretty well. Uh, I liked uh, um, Harry Kim coming up with the idea to change the polarity of the shield, whatever the shield thing is he comes up with. Yes. Yeah. And then they immediately get fired upon. <laughs> He's like, whoa. <laughs> not gonna work yeah i thought that the um rebooting the warp engines was and like losing power was going to be the running plot line on voyager for the entire episode but it it did not turn out that way but i i thought that they were pretty effective in just they gave you a good enough reason as to why they couldn't do anything but the like the 
the sort of talking out the how are we going to do this worked out okay. It didn't really end in anything that was revolutionary in terms of Star Trek. They still just get down there and they save the day. But I thought it sure. was, um, I don't know, I thought like the tone was right or something. Like they got the energy right that I never felt like going back to the ship felt like just a waste of time to kill five minutes before we go back to the planet. It, it worked yeah. enough for me. Yeah, I mean, they treat it like it's an like it's an issue, right? They right. treat it like it's yeah. an actual problem, and in doing so, they don't need feel the need to involve every person in the cast. Yes, in it. yeah. So they just, Tom Paris gets the most to do he's had in, in weeks. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. But it's basically just those three. It's basically Chakotay, uh, Harry, and and Paris. Yes. Um, and I think keeping it tight helps in that regard. Yep. Um. And you know it doesn't. Uh, it's it's effective, but um, it doesn't intrude too much on the other stuff. Like I, I could go honestly, I could go either way with it. I could say that maybe there's another version where um, the stuff on the ship gets more into the politics of what's going on yep. because they're being fired upon and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like I don't really care. You know, yeah. I'm, it's yeah. It's you got to get the you got to get the crew back, and you're having problems with the ship, and people are firing at you. What else do you need? Yeah, it's a lot of um. It would be a lot of Chicote talking to that guy about things that don't seem yeah. relevant. Yeah. What's where your come, deal? Where I, yeah, where, where I come from, everyone is free. Yeah, right. Okay, sure. Thanks. <laughs> we don't believe in that at all. We believe in ruthless authoritarianism. He's like, my God, not since Earth. 1942 or whatever yeah yeah it's tough and i i i mean i'm not gonna praise the mokra or anything they're just daft punk uh police officers uh, <laughs> who are functional in what they need you know to who do. they reminded me of do you remember the nes game narc yeah yep with the two the two guys in the leather jumpsuits yeah. and the motorcycle helmets <laughs> going around shooting criminals they reminded me of the guys from narc inspiration can come from anywhere yeah, they just um they're they're definitely they were the most enterprisey thing to me. It's like uh yeah. vaguely f- f- you know, 55-year-old guy that I vaguely recognize from things as the leader wearing leather. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you right. and he's going to look down at you uh, from his like jowls and just sort of judge you and and stuff like that. It's he's not got a, interesting. He's got a belt strapped diagonally across his yep. chest. He must be a big deal. Yeah, that's a that's a sign of uh, a fighting culture, right? When you have little the little when you have the sideways sash, that always means something. Oh, really? Well, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, in Star Trek, it certainly means things. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, so there's nothing really said about the Mokra, I don't think. Um, nothing really said about Tuvok and Torres. Um, I'm, I'm just happy this is kind of like the first one of these we've had on the show. Because, of this kind of like prison break thing? Yeah. Yeah. Because they were so prevalent on Enterprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe this would be a five if we hadn't seen Enterprise to this point. I was I was just thinking that I was like, well, I mean, I this this had such a veneer on it immediately for me because I know, oh well, you know, the some of the people from this go on to do Enterprise, yep. and you know, we've seen other ep- episodes before where it's like, okay, this is a proto Enterprise kind of thing. So I was just kind of like, yeah, this is going to be whether it's uh, this. Mokra guy, or it's uh, what's his name? D- the name of the fuck. the name of the, the guy, the guy from Quantum Leap, the other guy from Quantum Leap. Oh, uh, Dean something. Dean Kane is it Kane? No, 
Nope. That's Stockwell, Superman. right? Something like that. Dean Stockwell. Stockwell. Yes. Yeah. It's you know, it's like oh yeah, authoritarian leader. Uh, you don't understand. We need to keep control. Blah blah. You know. But luckily, like you said, they didn't really get into a lot of that. No. <laughs> so that does. <laughs> yeah. It does. You get you get a lot out of um, just the uh, archetypal um, imagery. Uh, yes. I, I, uh, what's identifiable imagery of, oh yeah, uh, identif- uh, authoritarian, uh, authoritarian government, resistance fighters. Yeah. Uh, you don't really need that much. If the, if, if the, especially if the point of your story is the story of this man and his, um, history with pain and loss and feelings of cowardice and guilt. Yeah. Who gives you don't who who cares what the politics of the story are you know you just need it, it it's 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 Star Wars it's a New Hope in Star Wars doesn't matter Empire bad rebels good yeah tell your story yeah they wear black leather just so you understand what the situation is yeah I mean I think it would have been more enterprisey if if the, if Chakotay had been talking to that guy about things like what Enterprise did was Archer felt the need to like be while he's handcuffed in the chair he would talk to the guy about what is yeah. going on on the planet and it was just awful well you know not to get too political about it but it really does kind of show you the difference between a 90s star trek handling something like this yeah sure and a in a post 9-11 star trek handling something like this where yeah. at the time the uh view of american politics was a little bit more we must spread democracy democracy across the globe and and crush everybody who doesn't follow it kind of thing. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's in, it's interesting that what the the different things that they focus on given the the time when the episodes come out. And I'm sure I'm sure people are saying, "Oh, well, the one with Dean Stockwell came out before 9/11." It's like, "Well, what I'm saying is the producers knew it was going to happen. <laughs> they were the ones that knocked down that tower." Yeah, that I think that's the I think dilithium that's fair. crystals. Dilithium crystals can't melt steel beams, Wes. Well, it was the, <laughs> it was the, you know, Enterprise never really had anything interesting to say about the, like. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Like, it's the fallback, right? It's the fallback is just arguing about why authoritarianism is bad because you yourself don't really have anything interesting to say, right? So, so I, I think that that's what makes this Voyager episode work a little better is that it doesn't. You're not stuck with the specter of like 9/11 around this one, where you're like, sure, "What are they yeah. saying about this?" Yeah. Like, oh, this is very confusing. Where which Enterprise way, always had which that. one is supposed to be the Taliban in this episode? <laughs> I can't tell. Just wearing the blacks. Yeah, yeah, I, I, think I, I do. Yeah, I think it's probably it's 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 uh, a little more ham-fisted than Deep Space Nine, but it's probably closer to Deep Space Nine than it is. This in episode, the story that yeah. yeah ultimately the story that they are telling is probably closer to deep space 9 but unfortunately the trappings of it feel more like enterprise that that's fair i think that's a happy medium to meet with them where i do feel like th- this had an understanding of guest star characters that i think only ds9 really did all the time yeah. fairly effectively yeah. but it is stuck in the prison break uh weirdness of enterprise which is a downer for it but anyway you know it does. That's so interesting, isn't it? Like having an understanding of guest stars, right? It seems like, oh yeah, well you know, some famous person in the episode. Or let's get more people to watch. It's like, well, yeah, okay, to a point, but also, it, you, you got to think about it. Like when you have a character where you really need a, a heavy hitter, yeah, to knock it out of the park. Like compare this. Not that again. Not that Joel Gray is is like 
people don't have posters of him up in their <laughs> in their bedrooms. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but like Joel Gray is is a fantastic actor that they got to play this character because they really needed someone to thread the needle on it. Versus when Rene Arbogenois shows up on Enterprise and right. he's just kind of like there because oh it's Odo that's fun right. Hey guys, just here to cash a paycheck. Hold nothing against him, but it, it didn't. Yeah, it's not. Although the one that he's in is kind of like they did need somebody to kind of bring the the pathos across, though, didn't they? Isn't that the one where like everybody's fake or something? Or? Yeah, everyone's a hologram of his of his to protect his daughter or something. But I I didn't think yeah. that he I don't I don't think he's actually that memorable of a guest appearance in it. You know, I would I, agree. Yeah, I would agree. It might just might just have been Enterprise, but he's he, he's not that fantastic. I mean, it's the uh, you know, I, I think that this episode is to compare it to another better episode. But it's like if Duet doesn't have Harris Yuen in it, mm, and yes. you just you just have like a C minus guy off the street, you're like, oh yeah, boy, this episode yeah. is not not firing really. Yes, that's a much better example. Yeah. So that's it. We'll take a not take a break. We're just going to. Uh, Say thank you to listening. For, thank you to everybody for listening to the show. You can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support the show. A couple dollars a month, you get extra podcasts. You get to leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes, all that stuff. And now, Clay, we're going to go to patron comments, which maybe these, uh, which are in line with you. There's only nine of them, which is a very low amount for these Voyager ones. It might be the lowest we've had so far, so we'll get through them quickly. Let me just pull up your little Discord gotta, bubble. We got to start saying some controversial shit so we get people writing into us. I know. But it's a balancing act because then my, then my jaw is tired by the end of these podcasts because I've been I've been talking for. Well, I mean, long. I don't know if we're going to get much more controversial than my claim that the producers of Enterprise knew that nine eleven was going to happen. So <laughs> and did nothing. You did nothing, Brandon. <laughs> they just stood there, just stood there and watched. <laughs> this is Kyle Brat loves TikTok. Resistance. I don't like this episode, and I'm surprised at the positive reviews I see for it online. Yes, the guest star is good in the second half, despite the obvious twists, but for the first half, I find him insufferable, doing very crazy person theater acting, and him distracting the guards is possibly the cringiest 30 seconds of Star Trek ever. I know we're supposed to pity him, but not to the extent where I want to dash his brains out with a rock to put him out of his misery. He also looks exactly like Robert Durst. Plus, the ship is suddenly in dire straits for some reason, and the generic militaristic middle-aged white guy aliens and the prison subplot have big enterprise energy, two out of five. You know, let's, we don't want to be too hard on Kyle, because I'm sure he's in mourning. <laughs> That's true. He might, he might have been driven to, driven, to, uh, driven to whatever he's done here by the, yes. the recent news. Yeah, It's true. Although my... Um, I, I mean, obviously, it hits Americans. That news hits Americans. Fine. It's it's weird because it's like you, you, it's not a uh, dancing on the grave thing. But my father's British. He's not particularly. He doesn't particularly care about the monarchy. But even he was like, well, "She's been there since I was born." And it's like, all right, yeah, like I, I kind of yeah. get it, I guess. But it's it, it's weird to. Now, but like you flip that to someone from Ireland who's like, "She's been here since I was fucking born." <laughs> yeah. I, it's tough because you have to um she she as a person if did Kyle want to listen to Americans talk about the the problem with the British monarchy as a person um from what I've gleaned from the crown she's mm-hmm. well the problem for Elizabeth or any of the monarchs is that they are an institution and a person at the same time 
right? Sure. So you can yeah. feel bad for the person while still thinking that the institution is kind of silly. Yeah. And I, I guess that's the, the way to go. Anyway. Yeah. Tax yeah. Bear says, resistance, not a bad idea for the episode, but the aliens, their cities, their society, and everything feels generic and forgettable. And I couldn't get myself to care about them at all. I had, in fact, forgotten this episode until just now. You're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome? This is Clef uh, with Janeway plays is the first line. Janeway plays a Dulcinea role for an old Don Quixote soul. Russ continues to impress, and Joel Gray shines as the guest. I just wish that the plot felt more whole. Four episodes of Kim stuck delivering Technobabble out of five. Mm-hmm. Patrick Seba with the next one says, The MC seems drunk in a del- in delusional way. Jane wish he cared, though he may be cray-cray. Anything goes with guest stars, so his chest got charred. But, my, but life, yes, my friends, is one great cabaret. Two unused Fosse costumes left in Berman's dusty office out yeah. of five. You ever watch a, a Bob Fosse-directed movie? No, I don't uh, think so. He, cabaret. So he also did um, All That Jazz. Yeah. He, he only did a handful of movies, like he, more well-known as a choreographer, obviously. Um, but he directed a few movies. All That Jazz is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like a pseudo... It's like a pseudo autobiographical story about Roy Scheider basically playing Bob Fosse as he's kind of dealing with the fact that he's going to be he's dying of lung cancer. Yep. And it's like really surreal and has a lot of really weird sort of like uh, surrealist dance sequences and stuff. I I just I watched it when I was years ago when I was kind of digging into the 70s filmmakers and stuff. And it was Mm -hmm. I was really surprised at how much I liked it. Hmm. Interesting. All that jazz. Yeah. I'll give it a I'll give it a whirl. This is Aaron Million. Resistance. This is such a generic and predictable plot that this story could easily take place in any one of the series and the outcome would essentially be the same. Crew member, in this case Janeway, gets into trouble on an undercover mission and ends up developing a bond with a local. The acting is good here, though, despite the stock militaristic aliens and their world. Once again, a not bad, but definitely not memorable or great Voyager episode. Three generic alien worlds out of five. Here's my here's my pushback against the what I agree is an incredibly generic alien world, right? And maybe this is this probably pushback to my idea here, but the alien world in inner light is as generic and pointless as you can get. You know, sure. like it's, it's it's ultimately I don't think that that's the problem. And maybe that's not what people are saying and that they think the episode itself is kind of boring, which I can't really I can't push back against that. But I, I think that when the idea is strong enough and I think that this episode, it is strong enough. I think you can get away with that genericness just because it's not super important, I guess. That's my only that's my only thoughts about that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the episode might not do a good enough job capturing your yeah. opinion outside of that yeah 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 i th- i think honestly i think maybe it's just a presentation thing because it is such just guys wearing black and big black helmets it's just it feels it feels generic like an in inner light it is definitely generic but there is there is more novelty. Um, yeah a little there's interest. a little novelty and they do kind of give you some more of the world i think yeah. So I, I can I can see why just seeing this one as oh it's just bad guys in black leather who are uh it sounds like the name of a Judas Priest album. Yeah. Um who are just iron fisting this <laughs> 
<laughs> also a Jesus priest album. <laughs> Uh, ruling this place with an iron fist, it's like, yeah, okay, well, we've seen it before, so it just kind of like, it, I can see why people are 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 pushing back against it. Yeah, enough, enough, uh, just generic aliens just asking everybody if they're breaking the law. That's yes. all that we've all that we've got at this point. And you know what? They got another thing coming. <laughs> you know, I once wrote a paper in college. I went to art school, so nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote a paper. Well, when I was writing my papers. My goal was to insert as many song lyrics as I could into said paper. And I once wrote a paper where I, I think I got almost the entirety of, I can't remember which song. I, can't, I definitely, a Judas Priest song, I actually did write a paper that I titled Separate Ways, Worlds Apart. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I got most of the first verse of that song into the paper. for <laughs> you. Darren Hatch says, Resistance, it just goes to show you what great actors can do with average material. The performances by Kate Mulgrew and Joel Grey are this episode. In fact, if UPN had canceled Voyager and replaced it with the Kate Mulgrew and Joel Grey dramatic showcase variety hour, a show where Kate and Joel act out substandard writing submissions from the viewers (laughs) to see if they can elevate the material, I can tell you right now, I would have watched that more religiously than I did Voyager. Three security guards bamboozled by imaginary hat routines out of five. <laughs> I did. I did think she was really good in this. Um, I, I liked her a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I I have I have real trouble with Janeway playing sexy hooker. I was just gonna say that scene felt more like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> seems like it's, it's like, like my mother doing. It. I don't bugs. know how old Mulgrew is, but she just has older she can't energy. Be that old. Yeah. yeah, she's got to be like in her. She she's probably younger than I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I also was distracting because the guy she's seducing is that guy who shows up in everything playing a, yes. a military guy. Yeah, he's, he's in the, he was yeah. on 24 for yep. a long time. He's um, in The Americans, I think, is the most recent. Yep. He's like the, the FBI agent in The Americans. I think he's in uh, Independence Day, I yep. think. Yeah, always, was also, always in a military uniform. It reminded me, the, the, it was kind of like bringing me back Amer- uh, Arrested Development flashback. She's like, it's, it's darker over here. Let's, let's go. There's light coming in from under the door. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Uh, it was a very Bugs Bunny routine. I just don't. It's nothing against Mulgrew, but she. I just don't. I don't think she sells uh, sexy particularly well. It's just not her forte. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's this? This is you. This is Matt Ross with Resistance. Resistance. This had some sweet, if not cliche, moments with the old man. I do like. I do like that. Chief Batty has a very calming and malevolent voice. What's interesting is that this is the third time the crew is told that they have a bad rep in the area. I did also notice that. Yeah. I it, it does bring to question how far they've actually flown. Yes. Um word travels. Which you would think make them more on the run. However, I cannot get it out, cannot get out of my head the bizarre nose ridges and have you seen my hat and the scooped out honeydew melon. Odd pacing, and I still don't get why the guards in a jail retreated and didn't call for backup and why Janeway wasn't more suspicious of her contact who seemed to set her up earlier. Three black boots out of five. Yeah, she really does. She she really gave that guy the benefit of the doubt when yeah. she ran into him in prison. She's like, ah, get out of here, you scamp. Yep. <laughs> Funny running into you here. Yeah. So I think, I think the thing with the guards, though, is like, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this idea of like the you know your your narrative cone of vision kind of idea of like 
you keep your story within a certain parameters yeah. of information that's necessary because if you widen it out, then you just start asking questions, right? And like with a story like this, this guy, for all intents and purposes, is the highest member of this government that we know of. Correct, yeah. So by killing this guy, we don't know if he's just the warden of the prison, yep. if he's like a general, if this is the president or something. Right. How the so morale having, is generally in the in the forces before right. this had happened. Yeah. So like, yes, I, having the guards run away, yeah, they probably should. I, you would assume that there's a larger power structure involved that would stop them <laughs> from getting away with killing a high-ranking official or whatever. But for the purposes of this story, in the circle of the story that they're telling, he may as well be the president, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I, uh, my only, pr- my issue with that ending is that it's, it's, the strings are pulled to enable what has to happen. And it, they couldn't come yeah. up with a, a smoother way to get all of that to work out. Yeah. Uh, Changeling says this episode defines the word skippable. All the emotional stuff hinges on a character and performance from a guest actor that, well, quite frankly, sucks. You can see Ooh, he's trying wow. with the over-the-top and big acting choices. I do not know who this guy is. He's Joel Gray, motherfucker. But I'll guess he's yeah. mostly a stage actor. Did some Shakespeare. Maybe something off Broadway, but I felt like Wayne from Wayne's World Like too. a fucking idiot. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the gutter that is off Broadway. I know it is a small part, <laughs> but I think we can do better than this. One dry hand job from a prostitute Janeway out of five. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you ever heard of Jennifer Grey from a little movie called A Dirty Dancing? <laughs> well, it's her brother. Possibly fine. No, I think it's her brother. Yeah, I think it's her brother. Oh, is it really? I think so, yeah. Interesting. Royo says, final comment. Oh, I'll send this to you because this is the final comment. Uh, copy and past. This is Royo. Resistance. Having rewatched this after the Enterprise coverage, this episode has the incredible misfortune of coming across like a generic Enterprise episode. Repressive society imprisons some of the senior staff, and the crew has to break them out. They must have done this half a dozen times during Enterprise's run. At least Archer isn't stuffing his face into Paul's boobs here. Uh, close. Uh, but, but luckily, the corner that they go into is dark. Um, even though a crazy hobo has kidnapped Janeway, at least the show still has some dignity left by not having Kate Mulgrew degrade herself on camera. Again, they find a dark corner for that. Uh, two out of five. <laughs> and this is standard definition, so you're not seeing anything in that dark alleyway. Thanks, everybody, for leaving your thoughts about this episode called Resistance. The patrons were more in line with you, Clay. But what are you going to give this one? Um... I'm going to give it a three. All right. I feel like I'm I'm being a coward by saying that because I didn't love it. <laughs> so I feel like in my heart it's a two, but mm-hmm. I think it's I think Joel Gray is is enough for me to give it a three. I'm going to give it a four. I think it's the best episode of the season, uh, easily in my opinion. There, uh, I like this one. I uh, all the reasons I mentioned before. I think it's emotionally affecting. It got a little bit dusty for me. Uh, when that guy was talking about his story and then when Janeway told him the final lie before he passed away, I thought that that was all very good. Uh, it definitely has problems, but compared to where we've come from, uh, and my ratings aren't relative, but I, I would, I would, this is the first episode of the season that I would say someone might as well watch because I think it's got some effective pieces to it. A four for me, a three for Clay. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening. Patreon.com slash The Penske File. If you want to support the show, a couple bucks there. You get extra stuff, all the podcasts, everything you could ever want at Patreon.com slash The Penske File. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we're done? I want to say I am happy it is Oktoberfest season. Yes. Because all my favorite beers are out now. The Martzen beers, love them. Mm -hmm. I'm sad that they only exist for once a year, like Brigadoon or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your pumpkin spice mix and everything. No, I don't, yeah, I don't care about that. I don't care about no. that shit. No, I, I want the German stuff, the, the, the Martzens and the Fest beers. That's what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Anything that has blue and white checkers on the can, sign me up. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, um, Amanda and I are still doing second string of Stephen King. We actually, this week, we had a bit of a, uh, a last-minute audible change on our regular episode of Rotten Horror Picture Show because uh, we decided to do another hour on Twin Peaks. Yeah. So uh, it's Amanda, the most recent episode will, be, will have been Amanda and I talking specifically about Twin Peaks The Return. Uh, very freeform, not a lot of uh, structure to it, so enjoy. Just like the show itself for the movie. What is Return? Is Return the series? Yeah, yeah. It's the the third season that came out uh, five years ago at this point, which is crazy. That's surprising. Yeah, I don't have any any, any thoughts. I I tried to watch the first couple episodes of Twin Peaks, and it never sucked me in. So you guys can listen to Clay and Amanda talk about it because it sucked them in big time. And now they've got multiple episodes coming. The podcast is just going to turn into a Twin Peaks podcast at this point. (laughs) wait you never know we might it might end up going that way we'll rebrand it thanks everybody for listening thank you for supporting the show we'll be back next week with prototype i think there's an interesting looking little robot face in the thumbnail for that one oh i saw that yeah Yeah. i'm kind of interested in that one (laughs) that could really uh that could really go either way i think yeah (laughs) it does have that kind of a face yeah (laughs) all right guys thanks very much we will see you next week neelix teach me to love